1: Hi, baddies, and welcome to a brand new Too Tired To Be Crazy on every Thursday with me, your favorite dumbass, (laughs) just kidding, your favorite badass, Violet. So I heard your reviews and how much you loved my last solo episode about manifesting. This one's a little bit different, but it's still a solo episode, and I'm still here to spoil you all over again. I'm literally sitting on the floor, excited for today's episode. It's like a little diary thing again. My back Hurts from caring, <laughs> the best podcast ever. No, it just hurts because I'm like in my 30s now and I'm dying. But um, yeah, I'm here to spoil you because how can I say no to my favorite baddies? So in today's episode, just like last time, I did three different diary entries. I want all of you to listen to them very carefully. Even write down notes if it helps you because that's what I did. And I really think these three little diary entries are really going to help everyone because, hint, hint, I even add a little homework for you guys. But don't worry, it's nothing complicated. It's something to help you, you know, achieve your destiny of being a badass bitch. Because I just want me and you and all of us to be the best possible versions of ourselves. I want us to grow together. And baddies, if that is not enough for you, in this episode, I even share a story I have never, ever told a soul. And I'm just going to say it involves a party in the hills, an ex, and a baby. So stay tuned. Hi, baddies. So today's September 18. It's like 6 p.m. right now. I'm recording in bed. I just showered. Since everyone loved the manifesting episodes so much and you guys love my diary entry stuff, I said, fuck it. Let's start making more diary entries and then put them into an episode. We'll see. So anyway, I was listening to this one song by Lenny called X I Never Had about sometimes how people talk about you, like, or you living rent-free in other people's heads and you have no idea. And people sometimes pretend like your friendship with them or your relationship with them was bigger than it really was. And that's pretty much what the song's about. And it reminded me of this one story that I wanted to share with you guys, because I think we've all been there where... We're in a relationship that's not supposed to work out. It's just— And it's not working out. And then we start to be insecure over, over other people versus realizing that the relationship is just not working or a partner is making us insecure over other people. And we sometimes don't really know the real story. So this story is actually pretty fucking wild. I don't know why I never discussed it, but let's fucking go. Sorry for swearing twice. Okay. This happened last year. I just never mentioned it, but I was at my friend's house. He had some people over. And there was this girl there and she kept looking at me and I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe she thinks I'm pretty. I think she's pretty too. (laughs) Like, cool. And finally she approaches me after two hours staring at me and she comes up to me and she was just like, hey. And I'm like, hey, are you having fun? What's up? And She's like, look, I've been trying to get the courage for two hours now to finally speak to you. But, um, hi, it's so nice to finally meet you. And I was like, okay, hi. um, Do I know you? What's, what's, what are you talking, what's going on? And she's just like, "Um, and let's, by the way, let's pretend the guy that we're about to discuss, let's pretend his name is Josh. And she's just like, well, um, I, I actually, I'm, I was dating Josh up until recently. We actually had a baby together. And I'm like, oh, Josh, what? And she tells me the last name. I'm like, oh, sick. No way. Congratulations on the baby. She goes, yeah, but it didn't work out. So I'm his ex now. Um, Look, he told me all about you. And um, I just want you to know that it's not weird. It's not awkward for me to run into you. Like, I've actually been dying to meet you. And I've been dying to speak to you for the last two years. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean he told you about us? I like fucked him once. I literally, by the way, one, the back end story of me and Josh, I fucked him once. So I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, he, we're friends. Like, yeah, we, we fucked once. I think, like, I don't think we fucked ever again. Like, that's all I can remember. And she was like, wait, what? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And basically, I find out that for two years, for two years, this man has put so many ideas in her head. He basically was constantly telling her like, Violet Benson, yeah, daddy issues. She wants, she's on my dick. Like she wants me so bad, but every day I choose to be with you instead. I could go to her instead. Basically for two years straight, made this girl so insecure for me, created a whole relationship of us that never happened. Just to make this girl feel bad about herself for two years, the poor girl was stalking my page, creating stories in her head about my love life with this man that I never loved, that I only fucked once. He was inside of me one time and she was insecure. And for two hours then at that party, she saw me and her heart dropped and she was mortified. And she finally decided to confront her fears and approach me and have a conversation with me to let me know that finally she can let it go. And she's okay with whatever happened in the past. And she's finally getting over this man and blah, blah. And I was like, babe, I am so sorry that this man did that to you. And I'm so sorry the two years I lived rent-free in your mind about something that never happened. I'm so sorry that you ever felt insecure over me. And I'm so sorry that you ever went to bed sad over this man. You deserve so much better. And then it was just so funny to tell her the backstory of him and I. Here's the backstory of him and I. One of my friends at one point dated him for a couple of months. Um, We were in this group of girlfriends. (laughs) This is going to sound really shitty, by the way. And basically, my friend and I, we were not that close. And one day, she decided to pursue a guy that I was talking to. And I didn't think it was cool. So I said, okay, let me do it back to her. And then I went after a guy she used to talk to, Hans Josh. We started chatting for a second and then I purposely brought him as my date to like a friend gathering that we had just so she could see. Because I was being— I was a complete cunt. This happened in 2018. Forgive me. I was going through things. (laughs) Um, And then I brought him and then I think maybe— No, that night we didn't screw. I forget. Maybe we already fucked a night before. but we fucked one night. The problem was— By the way, great penis— Whatever's attached to that penis is not so great. This guy was very negative, was constantly talking shit, putting everyone else down. I don't like that type of energy. I genuinely believe that like energy is so important, including what you put in your body, Hence, the people you're sleeping with, their energy is going inside of you. So you should be conscious of that. So sleeping with someone so negative was not it for me. I feel like it was making me more negative. I mean, not to mention the reasons I went after him. But I did think he was cute and he had a nice penis. But then I didn't pursue anything afterwards because he was very negative and he had a Coke problem. And I just, this, even at 2018, it's just not my thing to date somebody that has hardcore drug issues because I'm not trying to be anyone's babysitter. It's just, I don't find that attractive. I'm just going to be completely honest. Nothing wrong with doing cocaine when you're having fun, but he had a genuine Coke problem that he, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, so we did. Uh, so I was never interested in going, dating him. I think we both could tell we weren't compatible, but I was like entertaining the idea of maybe fucking him again. But then me and that girl who had a little disagreement over boys, her and I made up. We talked about everything. And then I dropped him because I was like, yeah, I want to make this friendship work. That was really stupid what we both did to each other. And let's just be friends. And then I forgot about this guy, like literally forgot about him. So yeah, we slept once. Oh, The last turnoff about this guy was that one day he went out with one of my friends. They were on a show together. And then I ended up hanging out with that friend. But my friend Ricky told me like, oh, yeah, you fucked Josh. And I was like, yeah, how'd you know? And he goes, well, we went out one night and he was like, yo, bro, you know, daddy issues. Yeah, I fucked her. And by the way, I thought that was one of the most pathetic things I've ever heard. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to put myself down. But if the best thing that's currently happening in your life is the fact that you fucked me. Like that is pathetic. (laughs) That is so, what a sad life you're living. If that's the most exciting thing, that is your biggest accomplishment that you got to fuck me. Like that is so sad. That's so pathetic. I'm not going to say that like I'm nothing or nobody, but like, come on, that's pathetic. So even when I heard that, it was another reason that I was like, okay, God bless. Thank God. Like I'm not dating this man or I'm never going to sleep with him again. Not worth it. So yeah. And that was the end of it. And then two years go by, 2020 is when I ran into this girl at the party. Apparently they started dating. They even had a baby together and it didn't work out. But I could not believe that the story that he put in her head was completely different. The like, um, we dated for way longer. We dated, we actually full on dated. We dated for way longer than that one time that we fucked. Um, then I, I wanted to get back with him. I was still pursuing him, which then made me realize randomly. I remember in 2019, I don't know how I noticed this, but um, like, and by the way, I thought we were cool. we were always cool. But in 2019, I remember he unfollowed me and I don't know how I noticed it, but I was randomly like, Hey, Josh, what's up? Like, I just want to make sure we're good. Like, did I do something? Like, did I miss something? I I don't know why I sent that text. I do recall. And I remember he said like, oh no, I'm just trying to be respectful of my relationship. So I unfollowed every girl I ever kissed. Which by the way, big red flag if that's where you're at in your relationship. But also if that was, if that's what was helping save the relationship. But I completely understand. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Like happy holidays, blah, blah, blah. And that was like the only other time we texted after 2018. But now it makes sense. He made it seem as if he had to unfollow every girl he ever kissed. But no, they were busy fighting over me. A relationship I didn't even know existed. So she probably made him unfollow me because they were fighting over me. And she was like, you better unfollow that bitch. And he was like, okay, to save this relationship, I will. And then he unfollowed me for like, you know... He made this girl insecure. He created a whole scenario, a whole story in her head just to make her feel like shit about herself and bring me up every time just to put her down. Well, I didn't even know how much I lived rent-free in her head. I don't know. It's so crazy to me. And then again, it makes so much sense now why he unfollowed me in 2019. I don't know why I noticed, but like it was because he was like, yeah, she still wants me. We still talk. And she's like, you better unfollow that bitch. And then he was like, for you, anything, babe. And he unfollowed me. And that's what was supposed to save the relationship. <laughs> he pretended like he saved the relationship By ending it quote unquote with me A relationship that was never happening Or ever happened I don't know I don't know why I'm telling this story I'm making it this longer than it should be I just couldn't believe That for two years I lived rent free in this girl's head And I was the topic of their conversation And their relationship Obviously the relationship was doomed from the start But like I just couldn't believe someone did that And it just got me thinking of all the times that we felt, or even me, that all the times that I felt insecure over someone else that wasn't part of my relationship. And I created stories about them and all that. When in reality, like, worry about your relationship that you have with your partner. Like your partner is meant to make you feel secure. If you're sitting there worrying about everyone else, that means your partner is not doing their job by making you feel good enough in the relationship. I think it's so sad and it made me very sad to know that for two years, this girl wasn't secure over me and she didn't need to be. Uh, We obviously became friends. She was so relieved when she heard my side of the story that like we were never anything. She's so relieved she's not with him. She did get a beautiful baby from this doomed relationship, which is amazing. It's a beautiful, healthy boy. Um, But yeah, I... It really opened up my eyes about how sometimes our partners are so insecure that they make us insecure and how strangers can live rent-free in our heads. Like it just makes me think like, just think about who else is out there right now that's fighting about you or talking about you, and the relationship is failing because of you, and you literally have no idea. Like imagine how many people out there right now are living rent-free in your head. Which actually Brings me to another thought that I had um, that I think is a really cool thought that's going to help you change your perspective. I can't recall if I maybe accidentally briefly mentioned this in another podcast intro. But you know how sometimes we feel insecure because we think someone doesn't like us or someone is talking shit about us. or let's say someone did talk shit about us or they said something silly about us. A, the way I've been able to change my perspective of people talking shit about me is... One, if I don't believe in it, if I don't believe to be, for it to be true, then it's not true. People sometimes get so surprised when someone talks badly about me and I kind of don't react or kind of don't care. And they're like, wow, I wish I could be like that. And I'm like, you can be too. The reason it doesn't hurt me is because if I don't think it's true, then why does it matter? A, it's not my business what people say about me. But B, if I don't think it's true, that's literally all that matters. My my opinion of myself is what matters so much more than other people. I have no control over what other people say about me, what other people think about me. And if you think you have that control, that's when you lose your mind. That's when you get anxious and anxiety about shit that doesn't matter. Like one of my friends a while back said some shit about me, like I'm the devil and I'm I suck or whatever she said. I don't recall. And I didn't take offense to it. I was like, I was just annoyed. She said it to a bunch of people because I'm like, come on, like, you know, be more respectful if you were offended by me or whatever I did to you, like have a conversation with me. But it it didn't hurt my feelings. And people were like, wow, I would never forgive this friend if they said this and this about me. And I was like, first of all, when someone speaks shit about you, it speaks volumes about them. It says more about them than it does about you. It says where their state of mind is. For somebody to say hurtful or mean things about you, that means they're not in a good place. Because when people are in a good place, they don't sit around talking shit about other people. So that's A. That's one thought that you should have when someone says something bad about you. They're not in a good headspace, depending on what they're saying. But if it's something really horrific that's not true, they're not in a good headspace. You should feel sorry for them. Number two, it didn't hurt me because I knew it's not true. I'm not the devil. I'm not a terrible person. I was more than kind to her. It was a little confusing more than anything when she said bad things about me, but it wasn't hurtful because I know who I am as a person. That's why it didn't hurt me. When things hurt you, a lot of the time it has to do more with how you feel about yourself. For example, recently, my sister made a comment to my mom saying like, she has a hard time communicating. That's why she can't keep a guy. It hurt me a little bit, but it made me realize the reason it hurt me a bit was because I believed that some of it was true for a second. I did agree. Yeah, I suck at communicating with men sometimes. I just shut off. Like, she's right. That's why people leave me all the time. And I got in my own thoughts. So it had much less to do with the comment my sister made. And I had more to do with what I really thought about myself and how I really feel about myself, which is a whole other conversation. So that's B. Things don't hurt you unless you believe them to be true. So again, if someone says like, that person's a terrible fucking person, if that hurts you, that means part of you believes that maybe you are kind of a shitty person. So maybe there it is something for you to look at. Maybe it is an eye-opener. Maybe there is something you can work on yourself if it hurts you. So yeah, B, if you don't believe it to be true, then it can't hurt you. Your opinion of yourself should matter way more than opinions the opinions of other people about you. And then C, this is a beautiful part that's going to help you change your perspective. I had this conversation with somebody the other day and it really opened my eyes. This is that, that we don't realize this, but... A, we're all so self-revolved. We're all, everyone in this world that these days, we think of ourselves first. That's the truth. The world, we always believe that the world revolved around us. Like when we walk into a room, we're always thinking, oh, everyone's looking at me. Everyone's staring. Everyone's talking about me. Our brains just go into that mode. And we always think that. Just be honest with yourself. Even if you think you're a very selfless person, that you're not self-revolved, that you're not conceited, you're not a narcissist, whatever it is, I don't care. The way we are now with posting our lives on the internet, waiting for likes, all this, a part of us is always thinking the worst. Everyone's talking shit about me. Everyone's staring at me. Everything's about me. Oh, this is the worst. Why is this happening to me? That's how our brains work. So now when someone talks about us, so let's say somebody's like, oh, that person sucks. And then you hear it. You, You heard someone say, Ashley sucks. And you're like, wow, this person hates me. What would they say about me? So think about this. Every human being, aside from being incredibly self-revolved these days, has around 30,000 thoughts a day. Yeah, research shows between 30, maybe more, between around around 30,000 thoughts a day, every person has. So if they had one thought, one thought that day was, Ashley sucks, for whatever reason, maybe they were in a bad mood. Maybe it was a passing thought. Who knows? But in that one moment, they had one thought: "Ashley fucking sucks." But then they had twenty-nine thousand and nine hundred ninety-nine other thoughts that day. Knowing that doesn't it kind of diminishes the worth of the me- or the meaning of that one comment? Because if you really really think about it, and you realize this person had twenty-nine. 999,000 other thoughts that day. That one thought that Ashley sucked, it doesn't mean that much anymore. And it kind of makes you realize how much the world did not revolve around you for them. That they were not sitting around all day thinking how much Ashley is a piece of shit and how much Ashley sucks. They were busy thinking about themselves. They were busy having 29,000 other thoughts and then had one random thought, oh yeah, Ashley sucks, next. I think that does change your perspective because a lot of times when we hear something bad about ourselves, we just assume the worst. We assume how the whole day revolved around thinking about how much we're a shitty person they told the whole world. But once we realized that it was one passing thought, that person had 29,000 other thoughts how much we actually do not matter to them. I feel like in a way that makes life a little easier. I don't know. I hope it helped. I don't know how we got here from that little short story, but. I don't know. It's supposed to make you feel better. I hope it did. I think life is hard enough. A, there's no reason to make other people's life harder. And B, knowing how many other thoughts people have, don't allow someone else to ruin your day. Like every day we wake up and we have a choice. We have a choice to be happy. We have a choice to not allow other people to control our life. So many times I think we take the backseat to our own lives and it's scary. I, I do that all the time too. Suddenly I forget that it's my choice to not allow myself to be hurt over this person. It's my choice to never speak to this person again. It's my choice to not allow this person to destroy me. Every day we wake up and we have so many choices to make. But I do think that the hardest choice that we have to make every single day is to love ourselves. Again, I have no idea how I'm getting to this point, but just bear with me. I think people think, or people tell us that it's so easy to love ourselves. Like, oh, just just don't don't be sad, just be happy or just love yourself. But I think every day that we choose to be happy and we choose to love ourselves, that is the bravest choice you'll ever make. If you want to be brave, if you want to be courageous, Like there's nothing more brave than choosing every single day to love yourself no matter how much other people knock you down, no matter how many disappointments come into your life, no matter how many failures you have to go through, no matter how much you feel sometimes you're so worthless. Instead, you wake up and you choose to still love yourself. That's so fucking brave because everything else sometimes in this world tells us that we shouldn't from people who didn't love us to things that didn't work out in our lives. Every day, there's so many reasons. There's so many things that tell us that we shouldn't love ourselves. There's so many reasons that tell us that we shouldn't be here, that tell us that we should feel like shit about ourselves, whether it's opening social media and seeing everyone else being prettier than us, having a better life, like every day. But every day that you wake up and you're brave enough to still love yourself and you're brave enough to still choose yourself, like, fuck.
0: The way car buying should be.
1: That's why I genuinely believe there's nothing more brave, nothing more courageous than choosing you every single day and choosing to love yourself and putting yourself first. That's brave. And anyone out there, and all these books out there that tell you to be more selfless and to put other people first. No, fuck that. Sure, you can be selfless. But when is enough is enough. I think. The dumbest thing I've ever done in my whole life is all the times that I chose other people over me, over my own happiness. I put other people first all the time. And then all it got me was a lot of heartbreak. I think there's a lot of ways where we can choose others and love them, but still put ourselves first and always choose ourselves first. I don't know. I'm just saying. Obviously, eventually when you have kids, uh, you should probably put them first. But that's another conversation. So, yeah, we covered a lot. We went from why you shouldn't care about what other people say, how we live rent-free in other people's heads, and being brave and choosing to love yourself every single day. I mean, life is getting harder. And we are going through a lot of trauma right now. We're—all of us are experiencing trauma. And the way a lot of people are dealing with trauma is by, A, like living life like me, where you block— A lot of the negative things pretend it's not happening, even though it is. And you choose to, you know, I try to be happy every single day by ignoring a lot of things are happening in the world. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. But if I didn't put my blocker goggles on, I would probably sink into really deep depression, knowing I can't help every single person in this world. Or there are the people out there that are choosing to obsess over the vaccine or over politics and making, that, making it their personality trait. Because that's all they know. Because if they don't focus and obsess over that, then they would have to focus and obsess over the fact that since 2019, our lives were pretty much destroyed in a lot of ways. Yeah, you could say all oh, the activism and all this, it was meant to happen and like, look how we're stronger, but we're not. Mentally, we're very weak. Emotionally, we're very weak. We're, we, we're dealing with a lot. Our, I've talked about this before. Our brains, our brains are not physically, science research shows, our brains are not meant to process so much trauma all at once. So our brains are literally incapable of processing everything that's happened the last two, three years. So years from now, is when all that trauma is going to kick in and we're going to try to, as humans, figure out what, wait, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Like, because a lot happened since the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So life has not gotten better. Maybe 2021 has been a little better than 2020, but it has not been better than 2019. Like, the new normal is not normal. We're pretending like it is, but it's not. And again, I know... I know there's still political war out there. There's still so much happening around the world. And every day bad things are happening. But if we don't take care of ourselves first, if we don't put ourselves first, if we don't take care of our mental health, of our emotional health, like we will not be able to help other people out there. As much as you sit there and you want to help everyone else, you got to help yourself first. And hey, you're not okay. We're not okay right now. Literally, we're so mentally and emotionally fucked up right now. Everything that's happened, we're not okay. So I'm hoping with these solo episodes that I can kind of help with, you know. Yeah, I don't talk about politics and things like that. But I'm hoping I can help you with your mental state. Like, I'm not that okay sometimes. So I know you're not. But let's work on being okay. Let's work on starting to put ourselves first. Taking care of your emotional self, you know, loving yourself every single day, even though this world is really fucked up right now. Choosing to sometimes put our phones away instead of responding to a Twitter comment. You know, choosing to not say something hateful to someone else just because we're having a bad day because we don't know what they're going through. Choosing to not take you personally when someone is mean to us. Because again, we don't know what they're going through. Choosing to focus on ourselves and choosing to figure out how to grow as a person in this really fucked up world. Because until we take care of ourselves, we will not be able to take care of other people. We will not be able to help other people. You got to help yourself first. You got to save yourself first. All right. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. This is the closure and the end. Of this cute little audio blog. <laughs> I don't know. Audio log. Audio Audio No. I don't think I know what it's called. But. Um, I'm looking forward to knowing what else the rest of this uh, episode is going to be about. Or what we're going to call it. But. Uh, I feel really empowered. <laughs> by my own talk. And uh, I hope I don't cry this episode. Stopping this podcast right now for today's sponsor. It is me. <laughs> That's right, baddies. I am sponsoring my own show because who else is going to do it better than me? Me. So I hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, I'm sure you are because you're still listening, or else I will kill you. I'm a Scorpio. I don't mess around. I will hold a grudge and never speak to you again. So you better smile and keep listening. But thanks again for listening. And if you made it this far, you are 100% my best friend. (laughs) And for that, I would love to give you a special discount on the Daddy Issues merch. Yeah. If you didn't know before, now you know. You can support me by shopping my merch at shopdaddyissues.com. It's a bunch of uh, Daddy Issues merch and also Too Tired to Be Crazy merch. So you can rep this podcast merch. But because I love you, I'm going to give you a special discount. All you have to do is either check out the link in my description of this episode, hit that link, or you can text podcast to my number. It's 310-510-6643. That's 310-510-6643. And I will send you a 10% discount code to shop my merch. But also you will be able to chat with me. I'll be able to give you advice. Um, You'll be able to kind of know about everything that's happening before anyone else. And I'm just trying to create like a whole like little baddie crew and group. So text me. Enjoy that 10% off and shop my merch to support my podcast. And uh, yeah, keep listening. Have a beautiful day. Okay, I have a random thought and I just feel the need to record it. I don't even know where this is going to go in, but it's a random passing thought and I just need to remember this thought because I feel like I'm onto something. Okay, so you know how I've talked before about like you know, sometimes maybe if you're trying to date somebody, maybe especially these days because there's so much there's so much availability with people around the corner, like there's always someone next, that maybe like hold off on sexual activities before you get like on the sexual connection before until you get to that emotional connection first. And then you can have the sexual connection with the partner if you're trying to date them. But I feel like what I didn't realize is that, yeah, maybe I stopped having sex as much because I'm trying to work on my intimacy issues by connecting with people. But One thing I didn't stop is talking. I feel like I put so much focus on like maybe not sleeping with someone that's not right for you too fast, that I didn't, that I stopped thinking about the fact that sometimes I don't shut the fuck up. People tell me this all the time. Even you guys have told me before, I don't shut the fuck up. I mean, I've even seen it in reviews sometimes, you know, with guests. And I hear you and I've been working on it. But also like my dad always tells me, you want to get a man, you got to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and by the way, we're not, I'm. this isn't pointers how to get a man. I'm just talking about, Because, you know, you're good on your own AS single. Like, I'm not looking for a man. I don't need a man. I want a man. I don't need one. I would like one (laughs) to hold me, to cuddle with me sometimes. Yeah, it would be nice. I'm not going to lie. I want one. I don't need it. But damn, this bitch wants one. Or a woman. I don't really. I like everyone at this point, to be honest. But so this is not how to. This is more of a passing thought is that. I may have not been, quote unquote, a whore with spreading my legs open sexually. But I do believe that, hi, my name is Violet Benson and I'm uh, an emotional whore. Yeah. And I need to stop. One of my many problems was, was that I realize now is that I thought that maybe it was me being mean to guys or to people I'm speaking to, uh, people I'm talking to. Sometimes I'm mean or shut off. And I was like, maybe I need to work on that. So then I started to get a little nicer. And then I'm like, okay, everyone's not obsessed with me. That's weird. <laughs> what the fuck? But then I realize it's because I'm nice. Yeah, but I don't shut the fuck up. There's no mystery. I don't know how to be mysterious because I can't shut my mouth. Like I could, I swear if I got kidnapped tomorrow, the person would return me for being annoying and not, and that I can't stop speaking. Like he would, the, the kidnapper would get over me. First, I'd be like, oh my God, he chose me. Like <laughs> you chose to kidnap me. You had everyone else, but you chose me. And then if I was just, and then I would like, you know, accidentally fall in love with him. And then he would be like, I hate this girl. It's not even worth killing you. I'm just going to drop you off at my ex's house. And that's going to be my ex's punishment for not loving me. Cause you're that annoying. I'm kidding. I'm not annoying, but. This, this thought comes from after a few men that I've spoken to in the past, we were kind of talking. We just start talking. We don't even have intercourse, none of that. Don't even get physical. But for whatever reason, the beginning, it seems like they're so into me. And then they're kind of not. I don't know if they get bored or they kind of, they don't hit me up as much. I don't ask why. I don't even reach out. That's not my thing. I'm not here to chase no one but I am like kind of sit and be like, what made them change their mind? And that's where I came to the conclusion. I'm an emotional whore. I talk too much. I give, myself, I give myself away too fast. There's no mystery. I used to think it just had to do with sex stuff. No. Don't spread your legs open, but also don't give all of you too fast. The personality. People who don't know you, people that haven't earned you, They need to also earn your personality. I've realized now I'm too fucking funny. (laughs) It's not my fault. Like, I'm hilarious. You know, I want everyone to know how funny I am. When I talk to a guy, I tend to be funnier than they are. And I'm just like, look how funny I am. Yeah, stop. I don't need to. You need to. If you're like me, an emotional whore, let's talk about it. (laughs) We need to stop giving all of ourselves too fast to somebody just to make them like you. Yeah, I like me. I'm great. I want the other person to like me too. I'm like, hey, look how great I am. And then I make the mistake that I've noticed now. This is when the guys start to get bored with me or people in general a lot of the time is we start texting. Yeah, I'm kind of funny in text. Or sometimes it's either, well, I used to be. No, I still do. Okay, I don't know. A, I've realized now, stop giving all of you in text. I believe if you're looking for a partner, woman, man, whatever it is, don't give too much of yourself away in text messages. Don't write essays. Well, well, first of all, one, if someone really hurt your feelings, one thing that I've learned recently is that if someone was okay with hurting you, then they're okay with probably letting you go, which means they don't give a fuck what you have to write. So stop writing essays about how much somebody hurt you to somebody that already didn't give a fuck about you enough to hurt you. They're not going to give a fuck about your message either. And that's one thing that I had to learn the hard way to realize that like, no one, this man, this person does not care about my, my long essay about my feelings because they were okay with also already hurting me anyway. So that's A. Stop writing essays when you're upset to people, A. But B... Stop giving all yourself away in a text with someone you just met. Yeah, you want to be funny or you want to be quirky. You want to show a personality. Same. They can get to know your personality when they meet up with you. I feel like that's one mistake I've been doing. I give too many compliments in text. Sometimes I like talk of my day and I write like a little cute, like short little essay. No. Then they're like, I don't need to put more effort. I already know everything this girl's up to. I already kind of got her, to know her personality. I don't even need to make an effort to ask her out. I don't need to go on a date with this person. Like, I pretty much know everything. I mean, unless like I'm trying to fuck her, then yeah, I'll go out with her. But like, stop. So now do this with me. I'm going to start doing this. I've noticed the men that I sometimes don't answer their texts, not because I'm playing games, just because I'm not interested. It's, you, just, you know, no one loves you more than people you're not interested in. <laughs> they love you the most. They never give up on you. <laughs> no one gives up on you. Like people you love who don't want you, but know what? Like those people, the people you don't like back are the ones that never give up on you. They're always there. Like I'll always be there for you. And you're like, I wish you wouldn't, but they're there. So I noticed those people, you give them a little bit and then you back off. Those are the people that stick around. I'm not saying do that with the current people you're talking to, but stop giving all of yourself away right away. They haven't earned it. They haven't earned your beautiful, amazing personality. Forget the physical stuff. Let's focus on that. So one text messages, start to keep them short now. They want to, they want to talk to you more. Be boring in text. I, I promise you that's the way to go. I made the mistake of trying to be interesting. No. One, let's start being boring ass bitches in text. So then they start calling us. Then they want to start calling you. Then they actually want to hang out with you. And then when you hang out, you can show your personality. You can show exciting how fun you are. Then they yearn for more of that. So then they text you and you're kind of like, how was your day? It was good. You? Like always keeping short. Then suddenly they're like, okay, she's not giving me. They're not giving me enough in text. Like, let me call them or let me ask them out again. Because I remember when we went out, it was really fun. So that's A. That's how you get them. B, I made the mistake now of... FaceTiming. Every time I start talking to somebody, we FaceTime. But my mistake is that we FaceTime for like two to three hours. And I always think, wow, that means we're really connected. And I kid you not, after that one FaceTime, every time that I have, I've had, this happened to me twice now. And it happened to me two times too, too much. It's probably already happened to me in the past. I just didn't realize it. But each time I FaceTime these two different guys, It was two to three hours. And I was sitting thinking, wow, we're really connected. But then after that, they kind of like, they don't really hit me up as much. And I'm kind of like, first, in the first couple of days after that, maybe they're texting me one, a day or two later, but then they kind of like, don't as much. And then I'm like, wait, what changed in those couple of few days? Like, I'm so confused. Like, you, like, you, like, like, at least ghost me after you've been inside of me. (laughs) Like, now you're just ghosting me for my personality. (laughs) Like, that's even worse. no. But the I wouldn't, I don't call it ghosting. Just like losing interest or whatever it is. But I realize now is because I don't shut the fuck up. Not only do I sometimes give to myself too much in text, but also that FaceTime call where I think, wow, we're connecting. I want to tell them everything. I give so much that there's nothing to want to get to know. In those two to three hours, these people found out everything about me. How I was with my exes, my political views, my... My dreams, my goals, something embarrassing that happened to me, me pissing myself. I don't know. Whatever it is, like, I just want to, I'm so desperate sometimes for intimacy. And I think a lot of us are, especially these days, that one FaceTime call and I'm just like, oh my God, let me tell you everything about my life. No, they haven't earned it. So I would say number two rule now, when you're FaceTiming with someone new, Keep the conversation between 20 minutes to 45 minutes. 45 minutes should be max. Never go over that. You have to leave people wanting more. Do not give all yourself away in a FaceTime. A FaceTime is more intimate than text, but it's still not in person. They want to know more about you. They have to meet you in person. So I believe personally, that's been my mistake. Not shutting the fuck up. Whether it's in text or on FaceTime, I give, my, I, give, I give too much of myself too fast. So, yeah. So, yeah. No anal <laughs> and no personality. <laughs> Those are the people that get the partner. They want to get to know you. They have to put in more effort. I'm learning that now. So, yeah. Whoever already goes to do or let you go. Blah, blah, blah. Let them go. Who cares about them? But I'm saying with the next person, test this out. Try to be a little colder, a little more neutral in text. When you FaceTime, give your personality, but keep it 20 minutes. You want to, you can't shut the fuck up. Fine, whatever. Go to 45. I would say 40 minutes max and then stop. Ask more questions about them. Let them talk a lot. They want to get to know more about you. Like, let's say they ask a question and be like, well, I guess you'll have to find out. Or uh, we can discuss that when I see you. Shit like that, you know? Gonna leave them wanting more. Oh, and always, when you FaceTime or have a, a, um, a call with someone new, always be the one to end it. Be like, oh, hey, okay. um, I actually I have something happening or like I have to go. I'm getting really tired. That's how you leave them wanting more. Okay, let's test this out. I don't know when this this part little bit is going to come out, but I have a feeling I am correct. I have a feeling this works. So let's try it. Who knows? Maybe next time I have one of these solo episodes, little diary bits, I'm like, hey guys, guess what? Everyone I want to be obsessed with me is finally obsessed with me because I'm not giving them all of me too fast. I really think it's, it's a thing. I just, I need to learn how to shut the fuck up. V, shut up. I swear. <laughs> it's, it takes training. I'm going to work on it. I mean, I just talked to you about this for 13 minutes. It's like, clearly, it's a struggle for me to, to be quiet. But I mean, if I wasn't talking right now, like, it would be silence. And what are you guys going to listen to? To, to, to silence? That would be weird. Like, what's the point of the podcast? Like, yeah, I listened to Too Tired To Be Crazy. It's basically just uh, nothing for 30 minutes. It's just silence. Uh, Really helps me meditate (laughs) by myself. She said nothing, but it spoke volumes. She said nothing, but she was so loud. The message was clear. The message was loud. Even right now, me talking about not talking is me talking about it. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. Anyway, you guys, I'm gonna go. You see, I'm gonna head out. I'm leaving you wanting more. I'm working on it. So I'm gonna head out. Do it. I promise you. Don't be an emotional whore like me. Give a little bit of yourself. From your pussy to your personality. Violet Benson out. Wow. I really can't shut the fuck up. But I just want to share everything that I can to make all of your lives better and so we can become the baddies we're meant to be. I know that all of us have the potential in us. I mean, look at me. I'm still reaching my potential. But um, all jokes aside, did everyone take notes? Yes, no, maybe. I know we only have three months left till the end of this year, but it's not too late to get that man for the holidays. You can finally have someone hold you. It finally won't be annoying at those holiday dinners when everyone's like, why are you alone? And you're like, shut the fuck up, grandma. How are you still alive? (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Be nice to your family. Be nice to your family. Because I don't have grandparents and it must be really nice. I'm jealous of you. Worried about letting
0: someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole?
1: Okay. So let's all practice being a little selfish and leave them wanting more. I swear it helps. It actually helped me. Like after I recorded that episode, I did that. I was not standoffish. I just didn't, I didn't text first. And um, when this guy like sent me stories, uh, replied to my stories and things like that, um, I chose when to reply and when not, or like one story I just Press like. The other story, I didn't respond because I was waiting for him to actually say words. And once I liked the words that came out of his mouth in a text, then I finally responded. But I made sure to do my best to keep it light. And then we FaceTime and we kept it light too. So I think it does work. All right. So right now we have two homeworks. Number one, don't let other people dictate your life. And number two, add a little mystery to the person that you want. So now let's get into something I spoke in my last solo episode and let's clear some things up for you. Remember when I spoke about how I manifested and envisioned the life that I wanted for myself? Well, I feel like some of you guys got a little confused, so I thought I could uh, explain myself a little bit better. So I want to rectify so we can all be on the same page and we can all succeed together. All right, let's fucking go. Aside from manifesting, you have to also work hard. I think my message got lost with some people when I talked about manifesting because some people were like, okay, but I ask for things every day and it doesn't happen. Oh, okay. So you want to tell me you, you, you dreamt of a house when you were 15 and then when you were 30, you bought it? Like there's steps in between. Like, where's the step-by-step? Like, okay, I didn't realize I had to like draw it out for you. What it means what well, is, is that yes, you have to manifest. You have to believe that you're going to achieve certain things. And you have to dream of it. You have to think about it a lot. And the whole thing is that, or people were saying how, but then she said she, she kept dreaming about this house that she bought when she was 30. When she, when she was 15, she, she manifested and she was, she kept telling herself she's going to buy a house when she's 30. But then she says that eventually she forgot about it. And then one day she turned 30 and then it suddenly happened. That makes no sense. Like a, what's the plan between like, it just, And like, you stop thinking about it. So it's not manifesting. Okay. So let me explain it. A, you have to actually put in the work too. You can't be like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. I am a doctor. But then not do all the work to get into medical school. (laughs) Like, you can't, like, that makes no sense. So it's the same thing. You still have to work hard towards your goals. Um... But the, the reason that I feel like a lot of things people don't realize when it comes to manifesting is that one, you have to believe, you have to believe it's already happening. That part is really hard in general, whether you have to write it down, whether let's say you want to have $100,000 in your bank account. So you, you, um, you Photoshop $100,000, you Photoshop a hundred thousand, you take a, a screenshot of your own bank account and then you Photoshop the total being a hundred thousand, you try to make your brain believe that that's your current, um, that's what you currently have in your bank account or whatever it is. Like you have to actually believe that it's happening. So it's not like I will be great. It's I am great. Not like for me, I want to be the next Chelsea handler. So instead of uh, slash Gary Bradshaw, so instead of telling myself like, I will be the next Chelsea handler, like, no, fuck this. I am the next Chelsea handler. (laughs) That type of mindset. So that mindset is really hard. You really have to believe that it's happening for you and it's currently happening. And then number two, after you think about something a lot, let's say even with like a relationship, one thing I never realized is that let's say, you're like, I don't get it. I manifested me and Harry Styles being together <laughs> and it didn't happen. <laughs> so A, I mean, be a little more realistic, but you have to stop thinking about it. You have to hang up the phone On that, to allow the universe to make it happen. That's why I think, with even me dreaming when I was 15 about getting this house, every day I thought about it that it was gonna happen. And then one day it happened, like because it happened because of one, I manifested it, B, the hard work, and C, I stopped, I let it go. I allowed the universe to do what it needs to do. I think it's the same thing sometimes with people that we really like. Sometimes when I really like somebody, I think about them so much and that's when they're not calling me. That's when they're not texting me. That's when they, a lot of times an ex, like they don't give a shit about me. And it's always when I stop thinking about them that something in their brain is like, ah, I should call Violet and ruin her day. Ah, Violet looks like she's doing really well in life. Let me fuck it up for her. (laughs) You know, it always happens. And I think it has to do with this dial up. It's going to sound silly. I'm going to bring it up again in another topic that I have in my future discussion. But I think it has to do with you have to hang up the phone. Like look at your brain and your mind and your energy as a dial up line. So if I'm sitting there and thinking every single day, how much I, how much I want something to happen for me or how much I want this person to call me. It's me having the phone in my, around, next to my ear. And the reason the person, other person, the other line is unable to call me, is unable to reach me is because the line, the landline is busy because I'm holding it to my ear. I'm not hanging up. So I genuinely believe in that energy where when you finally hang up the phone, to make sure the line is not busy now, the line is free. That's when you allow the universe to have the opportunity to have the dial up from their end to allow to have things happen for you. Hence, a person finally, suddenly, finally thinking about you. You stop thinking about them, now they're thinking about you because the landline is not busy anymore. It's free. And they're able to now pick up the phone and finally text you. And I think it's the same thing with your goals and your dreams and the manifesting. You have to believe it and then you have to let it go. I think a lot of times we make the mistake of suddenly being like, "Well, of course it's it, like like I want this and this to happen for me and then it's been a few days it didn't happen. You're like, "You know what? I'm so stupid. I obviously wasn't going to happen. Blah blah blah." And then you just like you wreck it. It it was like it was a little seed that got planted. And we don't know all the work that's happening behind closed doors in the universe that's like making it happen for us. We don't know all the other things that we have to go through before we're able to to get that reward that we've been waiting for, whether it's a person on the other end or our goals and our dreams. So I think, yes, you have to believe it. You have to work towards it. And then you also have to hang up the line and you have to allow the universe to make it happen for you. You can't be greedy. You can't be, you can't get anxiety and paranoid and think the worst because then, yeah, it's not going to happen for you. So whether a goal or person, I believe, hang up the phone. Allow the line to not be busy. And let it happen on its own. But that wasn't even the thought process I was going with. (laughs) My thought process has to do with something. Oh, yeah. It has to do with going after what you want. Not just as women, because, you know, as women too often we're told to, to be nice and ask politely and all that. And I'm always like, fuck that. Go get at what you want. But one thing that I've learned in general in business is that if you want something, you have to ask. If you don't get it, then you're asking the wrong person. Whether it's a relationship, your non-negotiables, or a job, or your goals and dreams. Everything is achievable. We're just sometimes asking the wrong people. I genuinely believe in that. And the reason I guess I'm bringing this up is because a second ago before I randomly am recording this little piece of a solo episode is I DM'd, there's something I want in the back of my head. I'm not fully sure how to execute it or how to make it work, but there's an idea in my brain. And now that the idea exists, I want to make it happen. So today I FaceTimed this one girl that I thought I could discuss this idea with that I thought she could join in. It has to do with business stuff. And uh, she shut me down. She was like, it's not going to work out for me. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. We're still going to hang up. So we're still going to link and we're still going to network. Then I was drying my hair and I'm like, a new idea came to me and how I can achieve this goal. And I was like, okay, let me reach out to someone else. And I reached out. I just DM these other girls that I think we could collab on this or make this idea come true, come to life. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because for me, I try not to view rejection as rejection. And I've talked about this before. Rejection is more of like, okay, this is not the right path. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, move this into a different path. Okay, let's go this way. So to me, when something happens that's not successful or rejection or whatever, my brain doesn't go, ah, that girl today that I Facetime. of course, she didn't want to work with me because I'm terrible and I fucking suck and everyone's better than me. And if like, I don't go into that. My brain right away goes, OK, that didn't work out. What's next? What's my plan? How do I keep moving forward? And I genuinely believe that that type of mindset is what has helped me continuously keep going. I think a lot of us don't have that mindset. And that's where we spend so many hours then self-pitying and feeling bad for ourselves or feeling like a failure and giving up. The thing is, when we view all these successful people, these people that we think are doing so much better than us, we only see their success stories. I mean, even like literally Instagram. Instagram and everything on social media, it seems like every day everyone's winning. And that's what we get to see. But we don't know. Every single person struggles. We don't know all the rejections every single person has had to go through before they succeed. We hear these random stories sometimes on those TED Talks, like, I had to go and knock on 70,000 doors before I knocked on that one door that gave me a business opportunity. And you're just like, okay, that sounds like you made that up. That sounds like bullshit. But it's true. We don't hear about all the times all these other people get rejected. Rejection is literally part of my life. (laughs) I get rejected all the time, whether it's love interests or me rejecting myself thinking I'm not good enough or work stuff. I'm, oh, I'm so used to it. But once you realize that's not the end for you and that's just like you... Understanding, like, okay, let's try something else. Like, you realize this is just, it just means this little path is not for you, but there's another path. Like, once you realize that you can keep going, that's when you're unstoppable. Like, I have a goal, I have a little idea that I want to make happen. And even though the first person I had in mind knocked me, like, wasn't interested, it didn't stop me. I'm like, okay, who's next? Because I know eventually, there's someone that's going to be on board with my idea and I'm going to make it happen. And this is just encouragement to do the same thing for whatever is happening in your life. Whether again, it's dating, don't get knocked down over one person not wanting you. There's someone else out there or work. And as much as it's quote unquote embarrassing because well, what if I ask for something and then they're like, no, then I feel stupid. At least you asked. I genuinely believe that if you don't ask, that you'll never know. If you don't ask, that people won't consider you. Like when I was in accounting, in an accounting firm, and I wanted a promotion, I brought it up to my partner. He wasn't interested in promoting me tomorrow, but he said, now I know. Now I know that's what you want. So now we can go to, we can work on the path of getting you to that next level to get promoted. Great. Now we know. So now we know what you need to do to get promoted. And I was like, wonderful. So he taught me, he was wonderful. His name was Mark, is Mark. He's not dead. He's alive, very, very alive. But he, I remember he taught me that if you want something, you have to ask. Rejection is fine. But then at least you know whether or not this person will give you what you want. And now the other person knows that this is what you want. Now it's all out on the table. So I genuinely believe if you want something, Fucking ask. It doesn't matter how embarrassing it is. Want to hear something super embarrassing that I've done before? That's gonna make you feel better. Talk of a rejection. A while back, Joe Rogan. If you don't know who Joe Rogan is, he is the number one biggest podcaster in this in the world. I mean, everyone listens to his podcast, mostly men, but everyone listens to his podcast. He's super known. Before that, he was like a comedian and a a reality star host, right? But now he is known as the biggest podcast in the world. Um, so he randomly one day followed me on Instagram a couple of months ago on my daddy issues account. And I thought it was so cool. And for a month I was like, dude, I have to DM this guy. But I was scared. I was like, what if he doesn't answer? Like, what if he thinks I'm a loser and follows me? And I was like, fuck it. I DM'd him a whole essay on why I should go on his podcast and why I believe that I'm interesting enough for him to interview me. Um, And then I never opened it. I never wanted to see if he saw it or not or whatever. Um, He never responded to me. Once went by and I opened that DM and I saw that he actually read it, which is even more embarrassing. I would have felt better knowing like, maybe he just never opened it. He's so busy. No, he read the thing, (laughs) but he didn't respond. Um, Granted, he didn't unfollow me. So that's cool, but he didn't respond. So it wasn't good enough for him. Uh, I did feel embarrassed. I sent it. So now you guys know, I didn't send the message because I said, you know what? In the future, when the timing's right, I'm going to reach out again and I'm going to pretend that this time didn't happen. But I didn't let that break me. Yes, it was embarrassing. I, he rejected me in a way. I didn't give a fuck because at least I tried. And I'm like, okay, he didn't care this time. I'll try again in a couple of months. That was my thought process. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, I'm going to die. Like, he just didn't give a fuck. I'm sure he opened his phone. He read that and he was like, what the fuck? Pat, next. And like went on with the rest of his life. I was not big enough deal for him to probably think about it. I wasn't sitting there thinking, wow, he thinks I'm a loser. I don't think he thought anything, (laughs) you know? So I unsent it because I told myself, we'll try again. Maybe next time it'll work. So who knows? In a couple of months, I'm going to DM Joe Rogan again. And i would be like, hey, let me come on your podcast. And then he won't respond. i would be like, that's cool. I'll see you again in a couple of months, sir. So that's a point. Even when it comes to rejection, it's all about your mindset. So don't ever not ask for something you want, whether it's in business or in a relationship, because you're scared of hearing what they have to say. Because the worst thing that can happen is you saying exactly how you feel. No, because the worst thing that can happen is you holding it in and never knowing what could have been. Whether it's someone you dated, you never told them what you needed to be loved. So then here you are giving yourself a little less than you deserve or in business, you not speaking up for the promotion that you wanted or you not going after something you really wanted and then every day you asking what if. That is the worst thing that can happen. You saying what you need. Plus, a lot of times we don't realize it has nothing to do with us. We take rejection so personally, we just assume like, oh, they rejected because I'm this and this and this. For example, today, when the girl on the phone, when I FaceTime her with my idea and she was like, I, I, it's not going to work for me. If you're super insecure about being rejected, then ask why. That's another thing we forget to do. The minute we get rejection, we're like, okay, that's fine. Cool, cool, cool. I don't want to, let's not talk about it. Whatever, bye. Ask why. Because when you ask why, 99% of the time has nothing to do with you. I said, okay, why? Why is that? Why are you not interested? And she goes, oh, because I'm under contract. So I actually literally cannot do what you want me to do with you because I'm still in contract. Otherwise, like, although I totally would have. But... What if we work together in this way, in this way? So I asked why. And then I found out nothing to do with me. Imagine if I was a little more insecure, I would have FaceTimed this girl, told her my business idea. She shut me down a little. And then I'd be like, okay, I have to go, bye. We would have hung up. And then I would just like... Created a whole story in my head on why I wasn't cool enough enough for her. I don't have enough followers. She's so much better than me. I'm a loser. And that's why this person didn't want to work with me. Imagine if I created this whole story in my head that wasn't true. When in reality, it's just because she's in contract and she is not able then to get in contract with me. I'm just saying, ask for what you want. Stop being so scared of rejection. If you do get rejected and it's going to haunt you, then ask why. Most likely has nothing to do with you and it's not personal. And then if you do get rejected, okay, what's next? You get on up again and you try again because every successful person did not achieve what they wanted on the first try. Even the ones that had millions of dollars from their parents, even those people have failed. And you will fail too, again and again. So will I. I will keep being rejected. I will keep getting rejected. I will keep failing every day until the day I die. But those few moments where I succeed, I just, need, I just need that one silver lining. It's always that one little thing that just picks up, that just like works. And that one thing is what brings you to the next level. Look at, look at Michael Scott <laughs> from The Office. Obviously that's not his real name. I just, for whatever reason, forgot his real name right now. Steve something. He was acting his whole life. No one gave a shit. When he, in, when he was 40 is when he finally got the role of his dreams. Being Steve, uh, being, how the fuck? Michael Scott, being Michael Scott in the office. And that's when his career took off at 40 years old. It took him 40 years. Imagine if he gave up before. He didn't know that that was the one that was just gonna effing make it or break it for him. He had no idea, but it did. So it's the same thing for you and for me and whatever. Yes, we get rejected every day, but there will be that one thing. If we don't give up, eventually that one thing will stick. And that's what's going to make the rest of our lives. And on that note, I'm gonna talk to you baddies later. Love you. Bye.